Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking with Brooke Jackson about partnering with an OBM or team. Brooke starts by explaining what an OBM is and how they work with business owners. We discuss the types of tasks an online business manager can do and what they won't do in your business. We then talk about building a team with or without an OBM to help, including choosing the right people to hire, onboarding new team members, and managing your team. Brooke Jackson is an online business manager, or OBM, for female entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level. She genuinely helps female online business owners by taking over almost all of their current operations, business systems, team leading, planning and timelines, launches, and project management. Brooke has a passion and love for animals, worldly cultures, and online business. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for joining me. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I read your bio at the top of the show, but I'd love if you could tell my listeners a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in business so they can get a little bit more of the behind the scenes story. Okay, sure. Well, I started out in digital marketing. Well, you guys all know I'm Brooke. Um, and I started out in digital marketing for a startup. It's called Sway. And basically, you know how startups are. They need you to do everything. And I was like the only like employee, part-time employee from home. I got thrown into managing the interns as well. And I noticed that the CEO was hopping around time to time. And I was like, okay, it's like, he doesn't think the way I think. So I had to keep him organized and on track for the success of the business. And he mm-hmm. was himself, but to make it more successful, if that makes sense. And I'll explain more on that later. And then I became a, a virtual assistant for over a year. Uh, the last six months, I actually started acting as an online business manager, which was weird because I didn't know I was until I read about it. And then I was like, Holy, and I had like an epiphany and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an OBM. So I decided to change my title, do some rebranding, and then I got certified to the International Association of Online Business Managers, it's a long name, but that's what it's called. And you could just call it IA OBM and the rest is history and I'm doing pretty well. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm still in Atlanta, Georgia, and I, I love it here, but I like to travel too. So yeah, that's about me. And what I do. So basically, there are three stages of business. There are the startup phase, the active phase, and then there's the leverage phase. And then there's the passive phase. So the passive phase would be like Russell Brunson, Grant Cardone, if that makes sense. And then the leverage phase would be more of the higher tier. It's like the the Facebook group owners who have these huge Facebook groups, but they're not like making millions, but they're like, they're doing active client work, but they also have passive products, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they're not nationwide, but they need an OBM to help them get to the next stage, basically. So these clients, they know they need to manage their projects, their operations, their launches, their marketing, their team, but they don't want to spend their time on that. They want to be creative and, and talk to clients and create content and be themselves, get paid for being themselves, because that's what they do. And they're visionaries. So I basically help them scale the right way. And that is by being sustainable. 
Basically, this happens with systemizing, documenting, operations, automation, managing. And I actually, this is really weird, but I actually didn't have my own business this way. It was not sustainable or systemized. And I didn't run it like I meant it. And that, I just fell into burnout. It was just a hard time. I'm sure some of you have experienced before, but burnout is not a joke. So I um, decided to use my skills in my own business and help me systemize myself. And then I got certified and now here I am. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah, I think we have a hard time taking our own advice sometimes. And it sounds like you struggled with that as well. Uh, We're really good at doing something for somebody else. But when it comes to doing it for our own business, you know, we kind of let it fall by the wayside. We feel like we can not have to follow those same pathways that we tell everyone else to do, which of course doesn't make sense, but (laughs) it happens. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really interesting how the principles of being an OBM applies to everyone. And if you want to get to that stage of six figures, you can't be managing your business inside of your head. So it's like you have to put it like into a sauna or teamwork or cello. Like it needs to live somewhere. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so like you've mentioned, you're an OBM, and today we're talking specifically about partnering with an OBM or a team in your business to help you get to those upper levels and have a business that you can manage, that you're not trying to run from a place where it's just you and you're trying to keep a checklist on your desk. Let's start by having you explain what an OBM does and how an OBM works with a business owner so that people who haven't really heard of this before can get an idea of how that might work. So let's put it into life. Have you ever met someone who, you know, they have a, a great life and, but they're just like all over the place. And this isn't to say they're bad people, but you wonder how they're managing themselves when they're not taking control of their working style or they're not, I don't know how to explain it. It's like they have these great personalities and these great like charismas and these great visions and ideas, but they're just so random that you wonder how they're doing anything, like getting anything done without having proper systems in place, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I lovingly call clients successful despite themselves. It's like, how have you been making so much money? without having these these systems in place. And what I mean by that is like operations, SOPs, and I'll touch on that later, project management, um, a proper team. You're leading your team properly. Like there are times when they're like, I don't know what to do. The team is bugging me. And, you know, I don't, they don't know where anything is. So they keep bugging me, asking me where stuff is. And we have a big launch coming up and the team doesn't understand where they're supposed to be. It's just stuff like that. And basically they're always in reactive mode where something comes up and they react to it instead of proactive where they know when something's going to come up and then they they have a plan to react to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So basically the OBM and Tina Forsyth, the founder of the industry, the definition of an OBM is a virtual-based support prof- professional who manages online-based businesses, including the day-to-day management of projects, operations, team members, and metrics. So they harmoniously combine 
documentation, processes, operations, finance, day-to-day issues, putting out fires. And they basically just help run the business because if you want to be a CEO and, and have this huge personality and be the front end of your business, you need to have someone back there be the puppet master. So yeah, that's what an OBM does. And they're also, they're also called integrators. I'm sure some people have heard of integrator before from the book Rocket Fuel. Basically, an integrator creates space so that the visionary, the client, can fully step into the CEO role and do what she's called to do to change the world. So it's, it's really hard to, I guess, you're a website designer, right, too? Yeah. It's really hard to think outside of your own sphere and understand, like, how they're thinking. So they're not thinking about, okay, we're going to need this, we're going to need these resources, what are they talking about, this is crazy, this is not going to happen. <laughs> They're thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to change the world. My idea is so amazing and I'm going to have a great idea and I'm going to change so many people's lives. Okay, great. But how are we going to do that? So we, basically this, this client gives the what and the team gives the how. And then the OBM is in between the team and the client, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so this is different from having somebody who is a virtual assistant or even an assistant sitting in your office who's doing like the day-to-day tasks. Uh, it sounds like an OBM. Like, doing, like captions, scheduling, social media yeah. posts, stuff like that. You're right. So an OBM is more like the manager who is making sure that the business is actually running. Yes, helping the business keep its money, helping making sure things are getting done. So basically this is the mantra making sure that the right stuff gets done at the right time by the right people and the right way. (laughs) So that's basically what an OBM does. Okay. So you mentioned a couple of uh, types of things that an OBM might do for a business, but what are the main types of tasks that you find business owners need help with or that you're helping your clients with that people might look towards as their businesses are growing to say, okay, this is something that I can hand off to somebody who's actually going to be really good at it and let me step back and be the visionary in my business. Okay, sure. So some of the main tasks, they fall under operations, project management, team, and launches, and strategy. And I'll break these out as tasks so that it makes more sense. So what I mean by operations is understanding where the recurring tasks are, uh, choosing a virtual office, so teamwork, Asana, Trello, making sure that there are SOPs, procedures in place. So like, so basically like how, you know how you randomly make a Loom video and then send it off to your virtual assistant? <laughs> this is like a formal version of that. So you have like a written process. And if you want to embed a video, you can. So it's like a written process for all your recurring tasks. So that's very, it's not made on the fly. It's like you have an OBM who realizes, okay, this is a recurring task. This needs to be processed out. I'm not going to bother the client about this, but I'm going to do my own thing in their business. And we have access to everything in their business, even like Stripe and PayPal. So we're going to create the SOP ourselves. So that's something about operations and also automation, Zapier, that kind of stuff. Okay. Project management is breaking down what they want to happen into actionable steps. So it's more so just basically in synthesizing things, it's really hard to explain, but it's really needed. So that's project management. And then teams, this is really important. 
the virtual hiring, and I'll, get, I'll touch on this later, because that's what the main interview is about, and then the building. No, sorry, the building and then the, the leading, the managing. Stuff like onboarding team members, hiring them, vetting them, leading them, getting to know them, having your own meetings with them. It's a very intense role. It's not just you plug and play, if that makes sense. It's not very non-labor intensive on your brain. <laughs> it's very labor intensive to your brain. So you have these different um, meetings with the team outside of the client meetings as well. And you get to know them as a friend so that you are their favorite client because they have other clients. They're not employees. So you want to make sure you're their, like, the client is their favorite so that they give the best work to the client. That's a little tidbit there. And then launch strategy management. Oh, that's just like a huge, like, I can't even begin. There are so many things to talk about with a launch strategy management, basically. Um, just learning the business and synthesizing it into steps, figuring out which resources you need, and kind of also managing the client, if that makes sense. So some clients, they'll decide to launch something and the, the product even is even created yet. They're choosing to create the product two days before the launch. And this is just something that we have to live with sometimes. So, so we have to be on them about creating content like every single day so that they actually get it done for the launch because sometimes they won't. And I guess if you're a service provider, that's really hard to comprehend, <laughs> but that's what they do. So, I mean, it works out for them, so. It's fine. <laughs> but we want to help make more money. So, <laughs> yeah, this reminds me a lot of, and if people have worked in an office, you know, this is probably something they're familiar with is when I was working in an office, I kind of served as an assistant. I had very specific tasks to do. And mm -hmm. then the person above me was kind of the manager. So when we had questions, we'd go to him. He made sure that we knew what to do. When they had to hire somebody, he was the one that trained them and made sure that they were doing their job. And then there was kind of the CEO, the boss, who was coming up with those big ideas. And, you know, he might interact with the assistants if he needed to, but he wasn't spending his time telling us what to do or double checking our work. Exactly. So we, we really get to know the business inside and out 150% so that we know exactly what's like, it's like it's our own baby, basically. Do you know what your dream clients see when they come to your website? The only way to figure out how your dream clients are using your website and what makes them leave is to ask them. I've created a special UX test guide that you can get at lemonintheseacom slash UX test. Inside, you'll learn how to structure a user experience test to get the best results, 18 questions to help you really see your website through their eyes, and my favorite way to find dream clients to help you. You need to look at every stage of your client's journey from landing on your website to completing the final goal through their eyes so that you know what to change right now to start converting more visitors into clients. Get the guide at lemonintheseacom slash UX test. We've talked a little bit about this, but can you kind of just summarize how an OBM partners with a business owner and then what we shouldn't expect an online business manager to do for us in our business? Okay. So we partner with the business owner as the container. That makes sense. They're the expander. We're the container. They create these big ideas and we contain them so that they stay within their budget and they, they get stuff done and they make more money and they keep their money 
because sometimes they're not tracking payments and they have all these products. It's just a mess. So that's basically how we partner with them. And, you know, later on, it, it, it's not a mess anymore, but then they still need you to help carry out their new ideas. So we basically execute them, but we don't do them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the VA and the copywriter and the, I feel like the website designer is their own entity because they're not like, they're like a project-based person. They're not like a developer. They're like creating the project and then they leave, right? Right. So I guess, and the de- developers would be part of the team, but not like a full-on website designer. So what you can't expect from an OBM, you cannot expect us to do the doing. So if, if they're like, hey, Brooke, I need you to do this for me. Hey, Brooke, can you research this? That is not a task for us. I mean, yes, it is, but no, it's not. <laughs> so let me explain. Like, okay, for example, we'll, we'll research a new tech tool that they want to use because that's a big part of their business. Well, we're not going to research 10 venues to do your summit. That's a job for someone else, if that makes sense. And you can't expect us to do this strategy either. So I guess if they're like, hey, Brooke, I need to do a Pinterest strategy. And I, I know Pinterest because I was a digital marketer. But um, say I didn't know Pinterest. I can't sit, sit there and say, okay, you need to do four pins a day, this, that, and this. That's not really how we operate. Okay. So if somebody came to you, you know, you're working for them as an OBM, and they said, you know, I need help figuring out what my Pinterest strategy is, what would you do then to kind of help them out without, you know, taking on that as your own job? Okay. So I'll say, okay, here are the options. You can either hire a Pinterest consultant and then bring a VA to do the stuff the consultant has set up, or you can hire someone who's more expensive, who's a Pinterest VA and has a strategy with her, but here's what I recommend. You know what? I would recommend one of those depending on their needs. So it's being really, it's like taking stuff off their plate. We're not giving them options, expecting them to think about it. We're like, here's what I recommend but we're letting them see the other options because that makes them feel safe. So, Okay. And then if they decided to bring on, you know, they worked with somebody on a Pinterest strategy and then brought on a VA to help with Pinterest, you would be the person that's kind of making sure that person is actually implementing the strategy. Yeah. And that they, and that they feel loved and like family and onboarding them and just making them feel like they're valued really because the CEO is so busy that we don't want to have a high turnover. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that lays it out pretty clearly as far as where your a role of an OBM starts and where it ends so that people understand that they're not hiring somebody in this role who's going to write their social media captions, but they are hiring somebody who then could find someone who can do that for them, make sure that it's actually getting done, make sure that they're taken care of and everything is working smoothly behind the scenes. Yes, exactly. All right. So we are going to talk a little bit more just about building a team, whether you have an online business owner or not. But specifically, a lot of my listeners are not in a place where they could hire an OBM, especially full time. You know, they're still growing, but they they need some help. So what are your tips for the business owner who needs to build up that team, maybe just a couple of people, but they can't afford an OBM to help them right now. Okay. So my first and number one tip would be to think of them like 
a team and not as someone that you outsource to. Because if you think of them as someone that you, I'm not trying to be lecturing, but like, if you think of them as someone that you outsource to, then they're not going to follow you. They're going to feel like they're just in a job, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they've chosen to do this for a reason. They want clients who they're on their team and they're valued. They don't want to feel like it's just outsourcing, you know, like some random person. So it's about relationships and being purposeful and also being a great leader. So this is, I can go on about this for days, but I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of Myers-Briggs. I wouldn't use that to assess other people as much, but I would do that, use that to assess yourself in a way, not to make it your Bible, but to like help you understand yourself and what you need help with and what kind of leader you are so that you can guide the team member in a way where there's not headbutting or clashing. So say you're an ENFP and you're like, okay, I'm like very happy and happy acting and I'm very outgoing. I'm very random. I'm very bubbly. I'm probably going to need someone who's more, you know, low key, calm, I guess very um, executive. So you would hire an ISTJ. So you're just kind of looking at your personality and how you work and making sure that somebody you bring on is going to complement that. Yeah, basically. So I wouldn't use it so much to box them, but just make sure they have at least one or two sectors, like the E and F, like like an E or an I or whatever, to make sure that they balance you out, if that makes sense. But I wouldn't just be like, oh, they're an ENFP, like throw them in the trash. (laughs) If they're an IFP, that's good enough. But what I would say is that this is like, this is very counterintuitive, but you don't want to choose someone who has an employee mindset. So an employee mindset is, oh, I love you and your company. How can I, what can I do? How can I help you? Where do I go for this? Where do I go for that? I'm not going to do anything until you tell me to do it. A business owner mindset is, I love you, but here's how I can help you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This is what we need to do. I know where to look for stuff. I know what to do. I'm owning my expertise. Because the business owner mindset will take work off your plate and employee mindset will put work on your plate. So, I mean, it could work for like if your business is really systemized and it's like admin, I guess. But for stuff like copywriting, social media, you really want someone with a business owner mindset so that they own their expertise and don't feel like they have to be guided. Because I guess as an entrepreneur, you have to really, in order to make it, quote unquote, you have to own your expertise. Otherwise, you're not really going to last long as a business. So also, you want to prepare. Um, You want to have a project management tool in place. So I touched on these before. So Asana, Trello, ClickUp, Basecamp. If you don't have one, get one. Do not send pictures of your your writing to your PA and then then say, here are the tasks you're doing today. That's not going to work in the long run. So you need to have a project management tool in place. So... You want to prepare with the project manager tool and and start building out your business in there so that that becomes your virtual office. Also, you want to use Slack. So you don't have to use Slack. You can use something like Boxer too. But you want to have an instant messaging tool that's not Facebook, that's like searchable. So if you're trying to build a six-figure business, you're trying to scale, which I'm sure a lot of you want to scale at least close to six figures so that you can live comfortably or depending on where you live, you're going to need to do these things. Otherwise, it's not really going to happen without the OVM. Yeah, and I love your tip there about hiring somebody who has a business owner mindset. 
in my own business, you know, I work with two contractors, a, a podcast editor and a social media manager, mm-hmm. and both of them are very good at what they do. And so I, you know, we worked together at the beginning. We made sure that kind of their style of doing things matched mine, but now I can trust them to say, okay, I have to give you certain information, but then you're going to take it, you're going to run with it, you're going to do, you know, a good job, you've got your own timelines. I'm not having to think about that because they're kind of running this as their own business and that's really helpful because I'm not sitting there checking in to make sure that everything gets done the right way. Exactly. So yeah, it's just it's really interesting how people try to get people in like I'm gonna have employees and I'm gonna be like the head honcho. You want so you could still be the head honcho, but you want someone who's has a business owner mindset. So that's really important. And you also want to start documenting your processes. So you really want to make sure that you have steps written down and not all in one binder, but like in separate documents for each of your recurring tasks so that if the VA is sick, you can hire on um, a replacement and not worry about it and Mm -hmm. have your business be like a mess. Cause what if you're already at six feet? Like what if you're like 95,000 and you're launching a course and you're also helping another client with their launch. And then all of a sudden your VA is like, I'm sick. You're like, okay, what am I going to do? So those are the, basically my little tidbits about building a team. Also, you really want to make sure that you look in the right places and your job post comes across as some, somewhere that they would want to be hired. So you don't want to be like, oh, send me your resume. And if you do this, then you will not be considered. And then just put a period. <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, I do not want to work for, like, really quality people are going to be like, oh, I don't want, do not want to work for that person, or or I'll apply, but I won't put much effort into it, because, like, they think that you're going to be, like, mean. So, you want to be like, hey, hey, guys, what's up? If you want to work for this kind of business and that kind of business, are you, are you faster and quick on your feet? And make it sound really exciting, like, that, like, it's an exciting place to work for. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and I think that is a good thing to point out, especially when we're running businesses that are very different than an office full of a hundred people most of the time. So we kind of need to communicate that to potential employees and contractors as we search for them, that this is not sitting at an office desk and getting down to work every day. This is kind of a, a different thing. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. And I really love it. So how can we um, make sure that we're choosing the right type of person to hire first if we haven't done this before? You know, you've talked about how to make sure you're hiring a person who's going to compliment you and making sure that you're building the right team. But how do we kind of figure out, okay, this is the first person that I need to bring on in my business to really help me get things under control? So you really want to get clear on your what. What do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on your client experience or like replying to them, sending their reports? Do you want to focus on your own business, like your social media or launching? When you have the vision laid out for your business and what's more important in that quarter, it will help you really um, hire the right person. So this is what I like to do. So I like to to break everything down I do in my, in my business. So for example, marketing, 
then social media, then Instagram, the Instagram captions. Okay, so Instagram captions, captions is gonna be one thing that I'll hire out. So once you have all these written down, you'll organize it to daily, bi-daily, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly, and you can do the quarterly yourself unless you want like a really intense team member. And after that, you'll look at the list and say, okay, what do I hate doing? Or what do I not have time for? Or what do I suck at? And then you'll basically take those, you'll highlight the ones that I just said, and then you'll say, okay, this looks like a social media person, or this looks like a mix of like a marketing, like a marketing VA who can do like some little blogging tasks here and there, some social media here and there. So it's really interesting how that works out. If it's a lot of blogging tasks, it could be like a a blog admin VA, I guess. If you have like a huge blog and you need help managing it, you could do that. I think even when you're looking at that, you know, if you are just looking at, okay, I really hate my social media, that might be a different person than I hate my social media, but I also need somebody who's going to schedule my blog post to go out and a couple other tasks that are kind of related, but they're not so specific that somebody's going to have necessarily like just an expertise at that. Exactly. So you'll say like, um, and usually when that happens, you would put VA at the end. So I mean, not in a bad way, but like you would put VA at the end. Like if it's a lot of admin tasks in the customer service and then project management, you would put admin and project management or something. Right. Okay. And I'm sure it helps when you have that kind of list of not just I'm looking for somebody to help me with marketing, but I'm looking for someone to help me with Instagram and scheduling blog posts and sourcing images. I'm sure that makes it easier to find somebody because you can tell them this is exactly what I need you to do. It's not just I need someone to help me with some marketing and yeah, that doesn't help. And then <laughs> then they're going to be like oh, what do I do? And then they, it's just a whole miscommunication, like, best, and it's not fun. Okay. So if we've found somebody that we like that is going to complete tasks that we need to outsource in our business, do you have tips for onboarding those new team members in a way that's really going to start building that family atmosphere? So... This is one tidbit, but that's not, it's not related to the family thing, but it's so important. So give them access to every single thing, even if you think that they really need it. For example, if you have a social media manager and you don't think they need access to your Loom, but then you're like, hey, like a week later, you're like, hey, can you post this video on Loom? I don't feel like downloading it and naming it and all this stuff. Can you put it on Loom? They don't have access to your loom. So even if you think they rarely will need it, give them access to it in LastPass. And I'm pretty sure all of you guys heard of LastPass. So give them access to every single thing, except for like your bank. (laughs) So especially if you have someone who's like more of a general role, you don't want to have to keep going back and forth. Okay, I'll add you to this, I'll add you to that. Like literally just (laughs) go through your whole LastPass and just add them to everything. Okay. I would set up a welcome funnel in your project management tool. So this is how I would do it. I would have, back then when I was using Asana, I would have Asana written out and I would say, okay, I would put star, start here. And then I would put read tasks in case they don't use Asana or something. And then I would talk about my business, my goals. I'll give them my business plan, have them read through it. Then I'll say, okay, go to the next task. And then I'll show them the, like, I'll have a video of like the back end of my business. It's like a little like carnival thing, if that makes sense. So it's making them feel really, it's like a really exciting for them. Like, oh, this is going to be so awesome working here. Onboarding is really important. You really want to have a, um, 
a kickoff meeting with them, especially if you're like a social media person. And especially if you're like a visionary type and you're a creative type and like they may have skills in keeping the thoughts organized into social media things and you may not. So that will help having like an hour long conversation with them before you guys get started. You want to look for if they have some kind of process in place too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you want to have them with Slack and Boxer, like I said, and then you want to communicate with them. So in your welcome funnel, you want to say, hey, this is how I want to con- like communicate with you. If you really need me, then go to Facebook or and tag me in profile or whatever, or go to my email. Um, here are my business hours. So that they don't feel like if they're talking to you and it's like 3 a.m. where you are and you don't work at 3 a.m. and <laughs> I'm just making this up. And then you get really annoyed when they message you at 3 a.m. Well, you didn't tell them that, that you don't work at 12 p.m. their time. I guess the client can't really get annoyed because they didn't tell them where to find them if something happens. Yeah. And that's very similar to, you know, with our clients, we've talked about setting boundaries. You're kind of setting those same boundaries with the people you've hired. They might be different boundaries, but you're still telling them, you know, these are the hours that we're going to get in, be able to be in touch. This is how you can best get in touch with me. You know, we, if we need to do a call, then kind of this is how we'll go about scheduling that so that they know what to expect. Exactly. Yeah, so that no one, like, gets annoyed or feels resentful or any of that stuff. Because, you know, a lot of stuff can happen online. And you had mentioned a couple of ways that you can communicate with your team and manage them, uh, Slack, Flock, and Voxer. So those are all kind of more instant ways of working with somebody rather than all of the onboarding stuff we're doing. Right. All right. So we always end the main topic with some three action steps, but do you have anything else you want to share that I didn't ask about before we get into that? I would say a read clockwork. <laughs> it's a book and... You don't really have to follow it to the T, but it gives you like the background of why having systems in place is so important so that you're not burnt out and you're not sick and you have to quit your business because of your health. Like you can prevent these things. So it's a really good book on helping open your eyes to how to make your business run without you or some mm-hmm. parts of it. So that's a really good book. So I definitely recommend Clockwork. Okay. I will add that to the show notes so people can find it. And yeah, I think that's a big part of this and a big reason that people have a team is so that some of this can run without them having to be super involved, whether they just have other tasks that are more important or they want to go on vacation or whatever it is. Your team are the people that are going to help support your business so that you can do all of that. Exactly. Okay. And I have one more question that I I just thought of, but do you have a recommendation as far as when somebody should bring on an actual OBM in their business or how they kind of know that they're at that stage rather than trying to hire and manage a team themselves? Okay. So when you're, when revenue is flowing in and you can hire someone at, I would say 1400 a month consistently for at least six, six months consistently. And you don't really have to be at six figures, but you need to be close. Okay. And you need to have somewhat of a team or be planning on having a team. Then that's where I would bring an OBM in so that they can do all that stuff. Okay. That makes sense. And I think that's really helpful for people to just get an idea of 
when it makes sense to do this in their business. And you said to make sure that you either have people on a team already or that you're planning on also hiring them because your OBM isn't going to be doing those tasks. So you have to make sure that you've got kind of the capacity to hire the OBM to help you and then also whoever else you need to continue with working with them or to bring them onto your business. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big team. It can be like a copywriter for like three hours a week and a VA for four hours a week and then that's it. It just needs to be something. So okay. that's always a recommendation. All right. So let's get into um, if you have three action steps that listeners can take today to put some of this conversation into practice. So number one, like I mentioned before, and this will help you even if you don't outsource because then you can create the process for them for the next step. Break down every single thing you do in your business from invoicing to marketing to PR to admin to tech maintenance, every single thing, finance, everything. And you're going to have a huge list of tasks. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. (laughs) So I would do that and that would help you see how much the time stuff is taking you. And then you want to make sure you document the processes. So break out anywhere you want to record them. So Google Drive, Dropbox, Paper, um, Asana, Teamwork, PM, Trello. And you want to write out the steps you take to perform actions along with the guidelines in the link video if needed. And you want to have all your files in one place, centralized, and a cloud storage tool so that the team, and have it really organized so that the team, the team knows where to go. And so that they're not constantly bothering you for like every little thing. Yes. <laughs> I can't find the grammar style guide. Can you help me? And then you want to start assessing yourself as a leader. So get to know yourself more in your working style. Do you like switch tasks randomly? Are you, a, are you big on follow through? Do you get these big ideas and then not follow through with them? Are you more of the executor or visionary type? So some, some executing clients want a visionary OBM to help them come up with ideas and help them think bigger than they're thinking. You don't want to get an OBM yet. If you want like a visionary web designer who says, we can do all this stuff in this budget, you're like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. So it's like really interesting. All right. So we're going to wrap up with some questions that I ask everybody after the uh, interviews. And the first one that I like to ask is, can you give me an example of how serving your clients well in your business has benefited you? So serving them well has given me confidence. So here's some background on me. I, even though I'm an adult, (laughs) I am the youngest in my family. And I always had trouble believing in myself for different things. So helping serving them gives me more confidence. Let me know that what I'm doing makes a big difference and that I can do this. And that in turn helps me run my business because mindset is a huge part of it. Okay. I love that. Knowing that you're doing a really good job and I'm sure hearing it too is very helpful in, you know, that confidence building and just kind of take that stuff to heart so that when the hard things come at you or somebody says they don't like something, you, you know that that's like a rare occurrence. You're really doing a good job. So everybody keep that in mind. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. So I am loving educating people and different people I meet online. I'm very outgoing like in person and online. So when I get on these coffee chats, I explain to them what an OBM does and they're like, oh, so it's like an operating operations manager. And I'm like, yes, it's just so much fun. Like, you know, showing them like how these big seven figure 
you know, online business owners are doing it. Like they probably have an OBM or a COO or something. It's really fun, like educating people on that and how important the principles are in their business. It's like, it's a foundation for every business. You need it. And then in life, I would say I am most happy about, I got a new computer. So that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that is very exciting. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So it's not just like a little tiny laptop, which is fine. It's just like, <laughs> I just don't feel like, I feel like I'm like bootstrapping. <laughs> yeah, I recently got a laptop to replace my really old one. So I can actually work from not at my desk sometimes, which is very exciting. So Yeah, it's exciting. A laptop is awesome. It's just hard. I guess it depends on your your profession. If you're like, if, you, if you're running a whole business, you're going to need like a huge desktop computer. Yep. So... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? So I'm excited for growing my business. I'm going to be making some digital products soon, having a shop on my website. So I will look out for those. Um, and I'll announce them on my Facebook page. And I put a lot of good content on there. So I would go follow me on there. And so I'm thinking of doing Airtable templates. If, okay. if you have heard of anyone's heard of Airtable, it's really awesome. I love it. But I've noticed a lot of people don't really want to figure it out. So, so I think the templates would help them. And then I'm sure you guys have heard of Zapier. Well, I just realized that you can get officially approved Zapier bundles to create for people. So, for example, if you want to have an automated, an automated backup system, so automatically put your Google Drive stuff in a certain folder into your um, Dropbox or something so that you have two places, I would set up a bundle for that so that you could, it's like, it's already set up for you. Or like, yeah. if you want to have all your Instagram posts in Airtable so that you don't have to manually put in all your old posts for repurposing, you could do that. So okay. pretty exciting. That is exciting. All right. And my last question as always is where can people find you online if they want to connect? So there's my website and then I'm always on Facebook always <laughs> that's like my favorite platform ever um don't hesitate to reach out to my facebook page to get to know me i'll and i'll probably respond within two to three hours and i'll probably eventually friend friend you if we get to know each other so unless you're just looking for services so <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome and i will link to those as well in the show notes so that people can check that out thank you so much for joining me today this is a great conversation and i know we covered kind of a lot of things but I think this is going to be really helpful as people are looking at growing their business and hiring a team and what makes sense for them in the stage that they're in. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.